Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I remember one morning I opened my door and the kids from our apartment complex in front of my door had written down, thank you so much for what you do. That's Parcia Jambani, a frontline medical worker in Tustin, California. That's near Los Angeles. I was riding on that energy for days. There was a sign that they put out my door and it said a hero lives here. Six days a week, he puts on what he calls his spacesuit. Basically, it's full body PPE, personal protective equipment. And then he goes out to give coronavirus tests in underprivileged communities. He does this up to 12 hours a day. He says a lot of them are coughing on him, sneezing on him. But he loves his job. He thinks of it as a calling. That made all of this effort worth it. When we were driving in the streets, people were honking at our medical unit. They were honking, they were waving. And fast forward a month and a half, last week I had somebody flip me off. As the year has gone on, and this virus has become increasingly politicized, his work has gotten harder. There's less appreciation. There's more abuse. There's more danger. In today's episode, my colleague, CNN senior writer Thomas Lake, tells the story of a frontline worker at the breaking point. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. More than 30 million Americans have lost their jobs this year, and millions more have been forced to ask themselves this one horrifying question. Do I want or need my job so much that I'll keep doing it, even if it might kill me? How are you? Okay, so my name is Parsi John Money. I've been doing your test today. As two parts. This question came up in March at Families Together of Orange County a nonprofit that provides medical and dental care to the underprivileged. One of them goes in your throat, the other one up both nostrils, okay? So go ahead and... They have this giant bus, this mobile medical unit, that goes around delivering care to those who need it. It's good, important work done by dedicated employees. Well, the pandemic starts, and Families Together loses about a third of its staff. A lot of people just walked out. Some people got furloughed. Some people quit and got other jobs. They don't want to take the risk. That was Parsia Jahanbani again. He's a dental assistant who works at the nonprofit. I will never forget that day. One by one, they left and went home. We couldn't stop them. We couldn't keep them there. I know a lot of them felt bad, but dental work, especially during the pandemic, is very dangerous because of the aerosols and how close you are to the patient. You know, you're working inside the mouth, basically. So I completely understood them and didn't hold it against them. And I have my 80-year-old dad, who's a dental director, sitting behind his desk, holding his head. And I go to talk to him. I'm like, why aren't you going home? It's like, this is my ship. I'm the captain. I can't, I can't go home. Like, you're 80. You're 
at risk. You, if you get sick, this is it. Do you understand that? And he starts crying. So his dad reluctantly goes home. Others do too. And here's Parcia, in effect a dental nurse practitioner, deciding what to do next. Also, he's the guy who drives the bus, this big honking RV medical unit thing where the work gets done. He's an essential worker among essential workers. But there's this complication. From 2014 to 2017, I was very sick myself. I was getting seizures and uh, really bad headaches, and I was hospitalized left and right. They're called cluster headaches, a rare and mysterious neurological condition. Because of the condition, I've had to be off and on on steroids and immunosuppressants. So if I get this, uh, it's going to be pretty nasty. By this, of course, he means the coronavirus. He's at high risk for blood clots. Safest thing would be to hide away until the pandemic is over. But a few years ago, when the seizures were really bad, something happened. I was kind of like making a deal with God. Hey, give me the health to do this, and I promise to serve you. He'd made a promise. And so Parsia Jahanbani kept doing his dangerous job. Now he wouldn't just do dental work. He'd be the guy giving the coronavirus tests, sweating in his face shield and goggles and mask and full-body PPE, jamming swabs into the throats of strangers, and a lot of them are breathing on him, coughing on him, sneezing on him. But it's okay, because he's on a mission. We knew that uh, we were risking our lives going back to work, but I remember one day we showed up to uh, Salvation Army's emergency shelter, and a group of our patients that are homeless, they were on a lockdown. And one of them was holding a pizza box. And on the top part of it, on the lid part of it, he had written, thank you. And the bottom part was our medical workers. And the other four kind of clapped for us. I started crying. I, I started bawling. I couldn't hold it back. And I turned around and told the doctor, you know, this is why we're here. April, May, June. President Trump tweets support for protesters, some of them armed, to rebel against mandatory shutdowns in Michigan. We're ready to stand defiant against this governor and open up business tomorrow. George Floyd is killed in Minneapolis. More than a thousand health professionals sign a letter supporting the mass demonstrations that follow, leaving some Americans confused about which gatherings are safe. Months go by. The coronavirus death toll surpasses 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. Across the political spectrum, people are some combination of sad, angry, tired, bored, sick of this whole nightmare of a decade of a year. Parcia keeps working. Uh, first, tell me, have you experienced any symptoms lately? Any fever, any chills, any shortness of breath, any dry cough? Last week, I had somebody flip me off. He pulled up with his car to the uh, drive through testing. I'm like, you are in a testing facility. You came to me. I didn't, like, force you to come get tested. You need to wear a mask. You need to follow the instructions. The moment that we go to pull the swab to his face, here we go again. What the f- are you doing? Is, this, is there something on the swab? Where are you getting the swabs from? Go grab a new one, open it in front of me. I want to make sure that you're not putting anything in my box. Like, where's the trust in 
medical workers? Where's the respect? What happened between April and now, August? What do you think changed and why? The biggest disservice was the politicization of masks. Not wearing the mask was the macho thing, the uh, you know, American thing, the patriotic thing, which should have been the other way. Wearing a mask, caring for your neighbor, caring for the people in your community is the patriotic thing to do. This this feeling, this like warm, kind feeling, being appreciated, being loved. Do you still have that? It's all gone. It's all gone, unfortunately. I feel like we're out of sight, out of mind. Things are bad. Things are worse than what they were before. And we're in even higher demand right now as medical workers. We're working harder, longer. We're at a greater risk of infection. And, but we don't have that wave of energy to ride on. And it's not just the one guy who flipped Parcia off. Suspicion and mistrust are everywhere. Nobody making him and his team cute little signs anymore. Some of the anger is justified, understandable. There are backlogs at the lab. Some people wait a whole month to get test results. Useless. If they were sick, they could have been spreading it for a month by the time they know. Parcia is exhausted, stressed out. And then? I'm in this suit for 12 hours. I'm sweating, I'm under the sun, I'm getting dehydrated. I can't remove my PPE to drink water. At the end of the day, I kind of collapsed with a headache. I was rushed to the hospital because after the event, I kind of collapsed inside our own medical unit. And my uh, physician assistant had to take me to the ER. He gets treated, comes home. It's a constant worry. Every night before going to sleep, I can't help but, but my mind just races. What if I test positive? I'm going to, you know, infect my wife. She's going to infect her parents. I, I, I wrote a will. I want my wife to be taken care of if this happens to me. So your job might be killing you. Your patients no longer appreciate you. You're not even sure you're making a difference anymore. What do you do? How do you keep going? Well, remember Parsi's father, Safayeddin Jahanbani, the 80-year-old dental director, the captain of the ship, the one who was told to go home at the start of the pandemic for his own safety? Every morning, he would get up, shower, shave, put on his tie, and just sit by the dining table waiting for a call for him to go back to work. Oh he goodness. wanted so bad to be a part of this and help in some way. Uh, you know, he stayed home less than a month. So he's still working right now? He's still working right now. Yeah. He sees patients every day. At 80 years old, at great risk to his own life. Great risk to his own life, yes. And he is making a difference, honestly. Uh, you know, other uh, providers at our office, when they see him, come to work every day, they get encouraged. Like if he's doing it, if he's this passionate about his work, we're gonna go, we're gonna be there. We're gonna do the same. He inspires all of us. Parcia, his dad, and the rest of the crew at Families Together of Orange County are still on that bus or in their clinic, still giving coronavirus tests and seeing about four thousand patients per month. As for Parcia, sick, tired, disillusioned. Is he going to quit? As long as I can save one person from getting infected, 
I will go to work. I understand that I'm not going to make a huge difference in this, but it's people like me, little parts of the system that ultimately makes the difference. That story is from CNN's Thomas Lake. And if you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer, along with Amanda Seely and Nadia Kunang from CNN Health. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Evan Chung, Madeline Thompson, Rachel Cohn, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders, with additional help from Mallory Simon. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to executive producer of CNN Health, Ben Tinker, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.